0: Hey there. Welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. Come on in. Make yourself at home. It's Friday, May the 28th. We are, at least here in the United States, I realize not everybody who listens to this show is from the U.S., but in the United States, we are about to enter into the Memorial Day weekend. And by the way, I am going to be doing a show on Monday, which is technically Memorial Day Um, We'll talk more about the meaning of, of that. It's a very special day. We'll talk more about that on Monday, but I just wanted to tell you that while I was thinking of it. Okay, today's program, I'm glad you're here. Now, I want you to settle in and relax because we are going to talk about, I think, one of the most annoying, frustrating, while at the same time comforting Bible passages that can't be found anywhere in the pages of scripture it uh, it's going to be taken from luke's gospel I'm, I'm sorry mark's gospel and this is the gospel that was read at today's daily mass now i got to share this with you there's a lot of stuff going on in this gospel but i'm going to key in on on one particular part of it because it just is enough to drive you crazy and i think it's something we need to take we need to tackle head on it has to do with faith. If you believe, does that mean the, that God will give you whatever you want? We're going to look at it. We'll try to put it in its proper context, and and I think that um, I, I think it's a, it is a comforting verse, even though there are parts of it that, if you take it out of context, will absolutely drive you crazy. But what I'm going to share with you today too is I wrote about this particular one particular verse in this gospel. For my daily email reflection today, and as I was writing it, I was, I was intending to make a certain point, but but as I was writing it, another point came to me that ended up being the real conclusion for the uh, my whole email reflection. If you've already gotten the email, you know what it's all about. But it's 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 one of these things where, and this happens to me on the show a lot, where I believe the Holy Spirit just kind of hijacks my thought process, which is exactly what i want i mean when i when i start my show when i do my writing i'm always saying holy spirit take over lead me where i'm supposed to go and i always like when it happens midstream when i don't expect it so you know we, we will talk about that today and i believe this is going to make you feel better you, you know if if this if this particular bible passage frustrates you and there's a good chance it will I believe we can make you feel better. Let's let's see. Give me a chance. Give me a chance to do that. So anyway, make yourself comfortable and let's pray. Let's pray to our Heavenly Father right now. I'm going to ask for some, some guidance that I can deliver the message He wants me to deliver. And I'm going to pray that all of our minds and our hearts are open to hearing the message. Okay, so if you would join me, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we know that you are present with us. First of all, thank you. Thank you for being present with us. I'm so grateful that you are here. Father, I'm grateful that you have created us to be in a loving relationship with you. Father, I thank you for your power, for your love, for all that you have done throughout history to show your almighty power and control of the over the universe, and also for creating all of the creatures throughout the, the throughout the years, such as me, for creating us to be in a loving relationship with you, to be in a relationship with God is an incredible gift. So, Father, we thank you for that. Father, we lift up our friends, our family, anybody who has asked for our prayers this day. We lift up anybody who is suffering. I especially lift up those who are feeling hopeless today, Father, and ask that you just infuse them with some of your powerful hope. Father, we we ask that you pour out your Spirit on all of us so that we can be able to hear your message. And lastly, I I ask for a special outpouring of your Spirit on me so that I can deliver the message that you have in mind for us. We ask these things, Father, in the name above all names, King of King, Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, your Son, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, I'm ready to get going. Hey, uh, before I forget, uh, by the way, I'm Gary Zimek, and this is Following the Truth. Before I forget, a couple things. Um. This week's edition of the Gary Zimak Show is now available. That's my weekly podcast. And on the program, I'm going to be talking about the Mass readings for this this coming Sunday. And it's Trinity Sunday, so we're going to be talking and exploring the mystery of the, of the Trinity. Uh, quite a mystery. I mean, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But for, for now, I'm, I just want to tell you that it really is important for you to have a relationship with all three persons of the Trinity, and yes, it is possible to do that. It takes a little work at first, but it is an incredible gift to us that we can have this relationship with all three persons of the Trinity, and I, and I really encourage you to do so. If you want to find out more about the, uh, the, the, the Holy Trinity, please check out this week's edition of The Gary Zimak Show. You can get it wherever you got this podcast from. And also, if you want to find out about all of my my work, including my latest book, Give Up Worry for Good, check out my website, followingthetruth.com. All right. Um, before we get into the show, I also want to thank you for your support of my work. You know, when I first started this program, it was, I knew that the only way it would survive was with the help of the Holy Spirit to give me material to talk about each day and with your financial support. So I thank you for supporting me financially to enable me to keep going, to keep moving forward with this show. It's not easy to uh, to, to really be in full-time ministry at, in this difficult time. The Lord's providing, but it's still incredibly challenging. But your financial contributions, whether you're a monthly donor or whether you are just contributing whenever you can, you're keeping me around. So if you benefit from my work, and you're somebody who contributes, I just want to thank you because I'm so grateful. I also appreciate your prayers. You might not be able to contribute to my ministry financially, and I totally understand that, but I would ask you to pray for me, to pray for my work, that I can continue to avoid becoming discouraged. You know, it's really easy when you're in ministry to become discouraged, and also that I can grow closer to Jesus Christ myself on a personal level so that I can really folk have him tell me the message that he wants me to deliver so please pray for me from for my ministry and uh and i i promise you i am praying for you every day as well but i do want to thank you for your your financial contributions if you do if you, if you maybe you haven't contributed and you'd like to to keep me in business with uh, with the ministry you can do that by going to followingthetruth.com and you can contribute securely through Paypal all right So this gospel, so this gospel passage, it's uh, Mark 11, verses 11 through 26. There is a, there's a lot going on here, but I'm going to key on one particular part of the passage, but let's read the whole thing because it's just so good. Um, All right, let's just start. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple area. He looked around at everything and since it was already late, went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day. As they were leaving Bethany, he was hungry. You know, I'm just going to stop it right there. Just just take note. That seems like an insignificant statement, but it's really significant because the second person of the Trinity, you know, we just talked about Trinity Sunday. God is, we, we believe in one God, three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second person of the Trinity loves us so much that he entered our world took on a human body and subjected himself to many inconveniences, including the inconvenience of hunger. Jesus didn't have to do this, but he did it because he loves you so much that he wanted to enter this world to take on any sin that you have committed or will ever commit, bring it to the cross, and redeem you and rise from the dead, so the gates of heaven can be opened. You know, and, and you and me, you and me, we can live with him him forever because he did that. But the fact that he was hungry just shows how human he was. And I'm glad that this is documented in the gospels, because sometimes we we almost dehumanize Jesus and 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 neglect to realize how human he was. Certainly, he was fully God. He never lost his divinity, but he took on A human body. And and remember, he did this voluntarily. He lowered himself to become one of us so he could save us. That's so incredible. Seeing from a distance a fig tree in leaf, Jesus went over to see if he could find anything on it. When he reached for it, I'm sorry, when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the time for figs. And he said to it in reply, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. And his disciples heard it. Um, you know, as I said at the beginning, this gospel, there are several different pieces to this gospel. Right here, the reminder for us all is that we are called with our lives to bear fruit, to bear good fruit. All of our lives will bear some kind of fruit, so at the end of our lives, we're going to be judged based on the fruit that we produced, either good or bad. We are called to bear good fruit, and through the working of the Holy Spirit in us and our cooperation with the Holy Spirit, we can bear the good fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's what's expected of us. Do I always bear that kind of fruit? No. But the good news is you're still alive and so am I. We have time to work on this. But we need to look at it as if, today is the only day that we will ever have you know that's the secret to living a good and holy life and to doing what god wants you to do to treat each day as if it's your last so that's the first message i think from this this isn't the, this we didn't get to the annoying part yet they came to jerusalem and on entering the temple area jesus began to drive out those selling and buying there He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. He did not permit anyone to carry anything through the temple area. Then he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, what we see here is sort of a shocking and disturbing display of anger, from Jesus, um, and, and we still didn't get to the annoying part, <laughs> but, but there's so much going on in this gospel. But never draw the, ne- never lose sight of the fact, that's what I'm trying to say, never lose sight of the fact that Jesus was completely in control. His anger here was not sinful anger, this was a righteous, justified anger at the violation that was taking place in his father's house. This is um this is an example of a righteous again justified anger. Anger doesn't have to be sinful. Many times it is, but it doesn't have to be. Jesus was doing what he had to do to get the attention of the people who were abusing his father's house. That's what's happening here. Okay? Now, listen to this. The chief priests and the scribes came to hear of it and were seeking a way to put him to death. See, they didn't like this because these guys who were in charge, the leaders, the religious leaders of the time, they were abusing the temple and really abusing the people. This was a money, money-making money operation for them. They didn't like what Jesus was doing because he was getting in their way. He was, he was uh, hurting their chances to make money. And that's all they cared about. And and he was he was disturbing to them. Um okay, so they feared him because the whole crowd was astonished as at his as his teaching. While evening came, they went out of the city. All right, now we're getting to the part that I really want to talk about. Early in the morning as they were walking along, they saw the fig tree withered to its roots. Peter remembered and said to him, "Rabbi, look. The fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus said to them in reply. Now, all right, now, here's the part I want you to pay attention to. This is the part that will literally drive you crazy unless you really understand the overall meaning. Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. Amen, I say to you. Whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes... That what he says will happen, it shall be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, all that you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it shall be yours. When you stand to pray, forgive anyone whom you have a grievance, so that your heavenly Father may in turn forgive you your transgressions. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about now? Because why is this verse so unnerving and unsettling? It's because it appears, Jesus appears to be saying that whatever you ask for, if your faith is strong enough, you're going to get it. This is where we get ourselves into some trouble. And, And, you know, let's be honest. First of all, we know that this isn't true. We know that this isn't always true, right? Because there are some things that we ask for that we don't receive. Some things we ask for in prayer, we do not receive. Why is that? Well, the problem with with looking at this, even these these few verses here, and taking them out of context, is that we can assume or draw the conclusion that Jesus is proclaiming a name-it-and-claim-it message. In other words, you want it bad enough, your faith is strong, you ask for it, You are going to get whatever you want. When you look at, now what the church teaches is that we need to treat the entire Bible as one message from God. Therefore, no verse can be taken out of context. You got to look at the whole thing, which sometimes can get confusing. But in this case, while Jesus appears to saying if appears to be saying if your faith is strong enough, you'll get whatever you want. Elsewhere, he has said, your father in heaven will not give you anything that's not good for you. And that makes perfect sense. Why would a loving father give you something that you that would hurt you in some way? And of course, here's the problem. Sometimes our definition of not good for us and God's definition of not good for us is different. I'm applying for a job. The job's going to pay me more money. It's a secure, it's a secure position. So I apply for it. I pray about it. Lord, please let me get this job. If I get it, I'm going to get a lot more money. I can do great things for my family. We could take vacations together. I can give me security. So I don't have to worry about how I'm going to provide for my family. Lord, please let me get this job. A no-brainer, right? It seems like it's a no-brainer. You should get the job. Why would God not say yes to this? Good intention. You don't get the job. You get rejected. What went wrong? Was it your faith? Now, sometimes you'll conclude or maybe somebody will try to convince you that the reason you didn't get what you wanted was because your faith was weak. Now, sometimes maybe that could be the case. But here's here's what we need to consider. Now right, on the surface this looks like a really good prayer request. What could be wrong with this? I'm going to be have more money I can provide for my family. I'll be more secure. There are a couple problems that we might not see. Number one, we might this job, this particular job might require you to work more hours, which ultimately is going to hurt your family because you're going to be with them less. What about if you have a greed problem and don't even realize it? What if having more money means you're going to just waste more money on frivolous things and possibly harm your relationship with God and jeopardize your chances for getting to heaven? Again, these are just what-ifs. These are hypotheticals. And finally, what if you need to have a strengthening in your trust of God's providence. Maybe what you don't need is additional job security on earth, but maybe you need more trust that God's going to provide and get you through no matter what. Now, I'm just giving you a couple of reasons why what appears on the surface to be really good for you might not actually be that good for you. But again, when God looks at what when, at something being good for you and me, He looks at it from an eternal perspective. He wants you in heaven. And Sometimes what it takes to get you to heaven and me is a cancer diagnosis or a job loss or serious anxiety or loneliness or a global pandemic. I mean, there are any number of ways that God can get our attention. And sometimes... The things that appear horrible for us are actually what we need to grow closer to God and to make it to our final destination of eternal life in heaven. So sometimes we don't know what's good for us. Of course we don't. We're not God. And, and that's the problem we get ourselves into. So no matter how strong your faith is, If you are asking for something in prayer that is not good for you, God's not going to give it to you because that wouldn't be nice. That wouldn't be kind. That wouldn't be loving of him. He will only give you what is good for you. Now, that doesn't mean sometimes he might... See, this is complicated. You can't figure out why God does what he does. Sometimes he is going to say, all right... He really wants this thing. I know it's not great for him, but I'm going to give it to him because I want to teach him something. I might I might need to learn that lesson for for myself. God knows you and he knows me. He knows us better than we know ourselves. There is no one-size-fits-all approach that God uses to deal with us, to help us, to grow closer to him and to get to heaven. Sometimes what I need is different than what you need. So, yes, sometimes God will say no to your request, and that doesn't necessarily mean that your faith was weak. Now, what I wanted to put when I wrote about this in my email reflection today, what I the point I was going to make, and I thought that the Holy Spirit, I thought the point that the Holy Spirit wanted to, me to make was and I think this is this is a valid point, but this isn't the point I ended up ultimately making in my email. So, what we should concentrate on is not how specifically God will answer our our request. I mean, ask for what you think you need. I absolutely encourage you to do that, but focus on having the faith to believe that he can do whatever it is you're asking for. I use cancer because that's such a such a striking example. You got a cancer diagnosis, somebody in your family got a cancer diagnosis. You are praying for that healing, that complete physical healing from cancer. But I would I would encourage you to focus number one, not so much on how God will heal you or the other person in question. But to focus on the fact that he can physically perform a miracle and make the cancer go away. Because I think it's important when we pray to recognize God can perform a miracle. That comes about through prayer, through exercising our faith. That faith grows over time to the point where you are not swayed by a terminal diagnosis because you know God can handle it, He can turn it around. On the other hand, you don't know for sure what kind of healing he wants to give. That healing might come through death. You know, it, it could. Okay, so that's the point I was. I, I thought I wanted to make that when we go into these these um, these petitionary prayers, when we when we present our petitions to the Lord, what we should concentrate on is having the faith to believe that he can do something, not necessarily. That he will do what we want, and and I think that is important. That's important. One of the versions of the uh, the agony in the garden, when Jesus prayed to his Father on the night before he died, he said, "Father, all things are possible for you." That's how he started his prayer, and I think that's that's a good way for us to start our prayers too. Whether or not you feel it, through faith you can express that opinion, Father. I know through faith I know that you can do all things. So therefore, I'm going to present this to you and trust that you will handle this in the best way possible. Okay, so that's the point I thought I wanted to make. But as I was typing things up, a thought came to me. It actually takes, and I believe this, it takes greater faith to trust that God knows what he's doing when it comes to answering our problems with a yes or a no. It takes greater faith to trust him than it does to believe that he can do all things. Let's think about that for a minute because, I, again, I didn't expect that to come out, but I really, as as I was starting to get that thought, I said, yeah, that's it. You know, it definitely takes faith in light of a cancer diagnosis. Pardon me, I have to take a sip of water. That's is what I'm trying to make a point. My throat's starting to get scratchy. It takes faith. It takes strong faith to believe that God can heal the cancer. But it takes stronger faith to trust that He knows what He's doing, even if He chooses not to heal the cancer. That's real faith. And again, I think that's the ultimate kind of faith. So, yes, when we look at this gospel. You believe that something can be done if you believe God can do something, that faith will be that it's going to help. That's going to really be powerful. That will be a um it could be the reason that your intention is granted, but at the same time, you can have a strong faith and have God come back and say no. But then are you willing to accept his answer even if it's not what you like or even if it's not what you understand? And I believe that's a higher level of faith. So nonetheless, I think we need to pray for one another because I don't have that kind of faith. But I want to have that kind of faith. And I know I can. And I know you can too. So I'm going to pray that you can get to that level of faith where you just trust God, that no matter what He does, you're going to ask for whatever you think you need. But however He responds, I'm going to pray that you can be at peace and trust that he knows what he's doing. And I would ask you to pray for me that I can do that as well, okay? All right, we are just about out of time. And you know what? Thanks again for being with me today. It was, I always enjoy when I when I get to hang out at the table with you and we talk about the Lord and what what he can do in our lives. Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. If you want to get in touch with me, please consider making a donation to my ministry and Helping me move forward. You can do that by going to following the truth.com. You can do that securely through PayPal at the website. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And remember, I will be here on Monday for Memorial Day. And I look forward to joining you then. Don't forget the Gary Zimak show over the weekend as well. The readings will be about Trinity Sunday. And in the meantime, if you have questions, shoot me an email over the weekend at Gary at following the truth.com. Have a wonderful weekend. You know, whatever you're doing. And God willing, I look forward to being back with you on Monday on Following the Truth. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time.